HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Hey, this is Hannah Forden. I'm the program manager here at Heritage Radio Network. This year, we're celebrating HRN's 10th anniversary, and I want to thank all of our listeners and members for being a part of an incredible year of food radio. We never would have made it this far without all of you. So HRN is now in its summer fun drive, and this is when we turn to you and ask that you make a donation to help ensure a bright future for food radio. Whether you listen to one show or 20, there's a reason why you keep tuning in week after week. All of our content is powered by a small nonprofit, and we rely on your generosity to keep going. Help us keep broadcasting the most thought-provoking, entertaining, and educational conversations happening in the world of food and beverage. So become a member today. To celebrate our 10th anniversary, we have some brand new member gifts available online, so I encourage you to snag your new favorite pizza-themed t-shirt or enamel pin today and show the world how much you love HRN. Go to heritageradionetwork.org slash donate so you can snag your 10th anniversary member swag. And thank you. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther Teague, and this is an on-the-road episode. I'm down in Raleigh, North Carolina, signing some books uh, at a great bar called Dram and Draft. Um, in my mobile studio today, I've got uh, uh, head bartender Kevin Barrett and uh, partner owner Drew Shank. Guys, welcome to your bar where my studio is. Well, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Uh, Kevin is uh, no longer the head bartender, though. Oh, no. Did you, Ian, did, did Ian Murray you is the GM and head bartender. Kevin is a co-founder, right? We got owner, Ian, co-founder. co-founder. Yeah, there we, we got. Go. Uh, okay, so I yeah, that's true, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. correct. I think that is true currently. Yeah. Um, so we got also hanging out with us uh, Ian Murray, uh, who is the head who bartender. is head bartender and general manager and GM. Oh man, multi-title. Yeah. <laughs> 
carry, carrying a lot of balls. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jake's in, in the room with us as well. You're one of the barmen here as well, right? Yeah, I just do things pretty much. I yeah. just do things. Works a lot. <laughs> yeah. And makes fantastic drinks. Outstanding. Well, I do appreciate that. So, guys, let's talk about um, what got you here where you're at today at this table in this beautiful bar. Well, I got here late because we were out having such a good time last night. We did have a great time. <laughs> we had a great dinner. We uh, sure did. And I think we can say Ashley just won what? James, James Beard. Beard best James Beard, best yeah. chef in the country. Ashley we were death in taxes last night, and they took wonderful care of us. And yeah. we had a great time and enjoyed the tour of the vault and everything. That's and we're so proud to have uh, our, our uh, great chef from hailing from Raleigh. I think she makes us all, brings us all up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone in this town benefits from everybody. her hard yeah. work. and uh, Yeah, the high tide raises all boats. Yep. I, I yep. see that all the time. Absolutely. Now we have Souther Teague in Raleigh. Oh, this on. is just big. This ain't about me. This is about you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to pretend to be Damon since he's not here. Okay. You got the low enough voice. <laughs> and the beard. And the beard. I need a hat with pins, right? You need a little more hair. A little more hair. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm from West Virginia, but I got down here right after college and went, thought I was going to get into sales. And ended up working in a restaurant because that's what I've always done. And then a buddy of mine and I started a restaurant equipment company when we were 22. And um, it did fairly well. I left and started Remington Grill, which I opened in April 1993. is still open in Cary. Um, and then I did a stint in real estate. Stopped designing restaurants. Stopped working in restaurants. Just totally got out of it and did real estate. And then in O. Seven. I didn't leave real estate. It, it kind of left me. Right. I got into development and some things like that, and just um, so went back in the restaurant business. Opened Rally Point Sport Grill in Cary, and it is still open. I sold it last year, uh, January a year ago, when Kevin and I started expanding the uh, Dram and Draft. So I had Rally Point, and Kevin and I had you know the, what we're sitting in the first Dram and Draft, and I um, we, we then we did Greensboro and. I said, well, this is what we're going to do, so let's, um, I sold Rally Point. So here I am. I'm, I'm uh, um, partners with Kevin. I'm uh, out and about doing things. I'm not the operational guy, uh, but I, I love, love the whiskey and love what we're doing here. Yeah, right on. Kevin, what got you to this point? Cash. Yeah. Needed cash. I mean, it's, it's a great <laughs> motivator, right? It's a dirty it's, little secret. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, it's love or money, and sometimes love of money. I uh, I hate to admit. Well, I I think it was actually a combination of both those things, love and and money. But uh, I've been working in restaurants since I was 13 years old. My first job was a dishwasher, an Italian restaurant outside of Philadelphia. I never really left it. Never really got away from it for whatever reason. And um, I finished school on the West Coast and moved back to North Carolina and was ready to go into journalism and save the world. Damn, I need some cash in hand. I need some cash in hand. So I went back to the restaurant business, and there's just something about it that you got to love and you can't get away from. And, you know, owned a wine shop in Wilmington, North Carolina for a couple years. Um, Still, that's an extension of the service industry, I think. Of course, absolutely. And um, finally, I felt like I outgrew Wilmington and, and moved to quote-unquote the big city raleigh and uh <laughs> what's the population here it's uh 800 000 yeah 
The big, big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's 800,000 people in the East Village. Wilmington (laughs) is 100,000. So, I mean, it's it's a big town. Yeah. Um, So, anyway, moved up here and uh, uh, got right into bartending and... That was 11 years ago and never never stopped you know i i think uh that's really when the love came in also the money but i i, I really fell in love with bartending 11 years ago i'd been doing it off and on for 20 years but 11 years ago i fell in love with it and actually decided to try to be really good at it and yeah, what do you think made that change happen what made you fall in love i well i years ago i was a guy that uh mostly drank wine and beer and kind of avoided liquor just because I thought it was, for me, probably at the time, I mean, this is, you know, in, in my 20s, I was a kid. Um, it was too much too fast. And then I think through it, working it's at... It's still too much too fast for you. Cheers. Cheers to that. If, um, if the last two nights are any indication, it's, it, may, it may be too much too fast for you still. I, I think, uh, and, and, you know, through working in a lot of great restaurants and uh, even at the wine shop, my appreciation for liquor grew. At the wine shop, with the, you know, there's certain days where you sit there and you taste wine all day, whatever schwill the reps are peddling that day. And when you're done, you know, even if you're spitting, your palate is broken. Sure. And you're probably just a, at least a little buzz, even if you're spitting. Um, I'd go down the street to the restaurant that I used to work at and be like, man, I need something to cut through all this. Give me Grand Marnier was actually the first one. Tequila, something, <laughs> whiskey, you know? And, and then it's like that I can taste after tasting wine all day and having a purple tongue and purple yeah. smile. I'd start drinking uh, liquor, and that's where my appreciation of liquor started. Then when I came here and got a bartending job, I, uh, I, my appreciation for liquor deepened and I think that's really when I started saying like man I can do some stuff with this you yeah. know where were you bartending at that point uh when I first moved here I briefly worked at a restaurant that's not around anymore I bartended a little bit there <clears throat> and then um for quite a few years I bartended at a bar called Foundation uh yes Foundation mm-hmm. I see that <laughs> wry grin on your face <laughs> so that's kind of where you you know made your name and he, he's, he's understating it a little bit. He, uh, he trained most of the bartenders that are really good in town. He, um, the guys that went on to open other places and all that, he trained most of them. He's won awards. He's been flown to the Bahamas to, to, to train hotel staffs. He's bartending in Argentina. So he's understating his bartending a little bit. Yeah, I think we all do. You know, it's, uh, I don't. Anything I'm good at, I will brag. <laughs> yes. We've noticed. <laughs> um, we were actually at that bar last night briefly. Yeah. Well, I think me and Kevin were the yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but that bar definitely sort of propelled you forward, right? You made a name for yourself. So, you made a name for that place. Yes, at, I would say I propelled Drew's, them. As yes. Drew said, uh, <laughs> as Drew said, uh, you know, kind of, kind of sort of the family tree of bartending in, in this area. Uh, a lot of it, a lot of the branches stem from there, and you created that, right? Is that right? Is that fair to say? I I think that's fair to say. I think uh, I just a little caveat. I think uh, a lot of those guys that I worked with were great to begin with, and I, I think we all kind of grew at the same time. Yeah, that happens too. Yeah, so I, I I'm not going to take a lot of credit for training them and making them better. I think we all made each other better and trained each other. You know. Yeah, I I, I love that. Uh, I was I was the manager, but we were all barmen 
<clears throat> and women, and we all did our time. We all did our tour duty, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, that's where we met. That's where you met. Yeah, that's yeah, true, we, too. We we crossed the bar? Crossed the bar. I was yep. out doing research for Shanks Bourbon Society. Research. This, this bourbon bar I wanted to open. And Kevin is on the other side. And Came up with a better name. T- he did. He did. Uh, <laughs> teaching me um, proper cocktails. And, and uh, I would go in and get a whiskey sour to start and then say, start making me stuff. And it was, it was very interesting um, for me because I had a restaurant background. And I thought, well, I can open a whiskey bar. And of course, anybody can make cocktails. I'm good in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. And, it's uh, all super easy. Oh, super I recommend, easy. I recommend everyone And I would have it. been just like every other restaurant owner that thought he could open a cocktail bar. <laughs> I would have fallen flat. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was fortuitous to uh, get to know him. And then we did it together. And, of course, it's, it's um, with my real estate stuff and the stuff that I bring to the table. And then with Kevin's uh, bar knowledge and the ability to um, guys that are sitting uh, here at the table with us. I couldn't manage guys like that because I don't know exactly what you're supposed to do to create that menu, to create those drinks. And uh, he has that ability to work with them side by side and create great menus, create great drinks. And uh, it, it was, like I say, fortuitous that we uh, decided to launch together rather than individually. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, you know, I think one of the smartest pieces of advice that I give to people all the time is something you basically just described, which is surround yourself with people who are good at all the things you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Right, so it sounds like you two mm-hmm. have created a pretty simpatico situation where you're the guy who gets the lease and the land and the real estate, and you're the guy who puts all the things in place, and and then together you sell them to a crowd of happy people. I, I think it was a slow build too. I mean, we met each other a long time ago. I would say we really started working together. Dream Drafts in Raleigh's been open for three years. We started working together four or five years ago, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And we've known each other probably eight so or nine, nine years. Nine, yeah. 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 Yeah, so it, it took a while for that relationship to actually gel and mature and, and, and come to where it is. It takes that long to get to like Kevin. Let's just say it like it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's there call it out. Countless, it countless takes- bar goers in downtown Raleigh that will attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you just came. Sorry, you just came and sat down at the bar and you met this dude. Yes. And he's whipping up drinks for you, and you've already kind of got the seed of this notion of an idea, the Bourbon Society or whatever. And then the Shanks Bourbon Society. But then Kevin also wanted to do a, a, a whiskey bar, so it wasn't like because obviously doing a whiskey bar is not totally unique. We do some unique things, um, and we have some unique offerings. But you know, I'm not the. We we didn't create the whiskey bar, right? Right. Um, But so what happened is, and this is exactly how it went, I was going in trying to learn so that I could go do it, and I realized how much I didn't know by watching him and talking to him and learning, and then that's when it was like, you know, we we need to do this together. And there was a time, I think, when when we first met, probably those first few years, I all I was trying to do, again, dirty little secret, I was trying to get out of the business. I was trying to go, what, what was my hate to say what's my next thing what am i going to do what's my my uh you know career going to be and i then i went down to argentina for seven months or so with my dog oscar and the girl i was dating at the time and happy ending to the story my dog and i are still together um (laughs) but (laughs) she's a great girl but um i i was down there and i i actually thought about it and missed it and I damn I drew up a business plan while I was down there right you know and came back with a business plan started you know with a a a couple locations in mind they all fell through of course but I I that's when I was like man 
I'm actually kind of good at this. And the best thing about the business plan, which is all fictitious, is you can look at it and be, you can see how you can make it succeed. And, you know, like, look at the numbers. I got real specific. I was like, we're going to sell this many cocktails a night. We're going to sell this many glasses of wine, this many beers. And this is what that total is going to be. And this is what our expenses are going to be. Like, oh, damn, we can do this, you right. know? There's money to be made here. Yeah, and that's before Drew and I even started talking. When I came back, he was one of the first people I showed the plan to just to get a second pair of eyes on it, see if it was written well, professional. If it, And he had other things going on at the time. I think the, he was like, man, I... I like what you did here. I'll help you and support you any way I can. Right now, I've got this going on, so I can't be this guy. So I went to other people. Nobody, none of that panned out. And I, I would say it was a year, a year and a half later, maybe two years, that he and I actually sat down and was like, let's look at that business plan again, and let's see if we can actually work this out. Right. You know. And, and, and the rest, as they say, is history, right? Uh, you got two locations. You're about to open a third one. Correct. And actually, even the one we're sitting in, which is the, ba- the, the oldest one. Right? Yeah, it's my baby. Just won uh, Best Overall Bar in Raleigh. Outstanding. Just won uh, Best Craft Cocktail Bar in the Triangle. That's just the Raleigh, won. Durham, Chapel Hill, for all the mm-hmm. listeners. Just won all kinds of stuff. So we're, we're, we're winning awards. We're... Where um, the numbers are great, the the, the vibe is great. Yeah, um, we so, got to work on our employees a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> so, so so the next logical step, of course, is to get everything out of here and raise this thing to the ground. That's yeah. right. This is going. This is going to be a, a the, the footings for a ten story building. Right. So you're moving just literally around the corner. Yeah. Um. And, and how soon is that going to be? Well, until we just found out six uh. minutes before this podcast started yeah. that the walk-in doesn't fit. Um, we, we have a 12 by eight something. walk-in, and it's supposed to be 11-7 by whatever, eight, seven, nine or something. Anyway, bottom line is it doesn't fit. It's too big. Too, too big, big, folks. So too big. the hiccups of construction are always out there. Uh, yeah. Who's on the line for this one? Well, on the line for the who, whose fault is yeah, the cooler exactly. thing? Well, not, I'm not going to call ours. him out. I'm not going to call him out on the radio. But somebody somebody sent us an email that said outside dimensions eight by twelve. That's what we have. Yeah, and it's not right. Correct. So, fun yeah. stuff. Fun at, least stuff. Got, at least you've got that email to, to hold up against him. Um, yeah. Well, let's take a break and we'll come right back and talk. Keep talking to the team from uh, Dram and Draft in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, and we'll talk about what's uh, what's upcoming for this crew. Hang on. This episode is brought to you by Route 11 Potato Chips. From the moment Route 11 dropped their first batch of chips back in the early days of 1992, they understood their destiny as a high-quality producer. Instead of succumbing to the frenzy of mass production, they took advantage of their small size and made chipping a personal art form. The payoff was immediate, an incredible potato chip. With a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. In this world of uncertainty that we live in, Route 11 Potato Chips believe comfort food can be just that. Know where your food comes from. To learn more, visit rt11.com.
And we're back on the Speakeasy, sitting in Raleigh, North Carolina, with the team from Dram and Draft, uh, Drew Shank and Kevin Barrett. Um, and when we left, we were talking about how you guys sort of like came together. But uh, I want to ask, uh, you know, Drew, what is it that spurred your interest in American whiskey in the first place? You know, I got an American whiskey bar I opened as well, right? So I have a, a keen interest in American whiskey. Is that you, honey, honey bee? Honey bees. Honey bees. Yeah. Uh, named after my partner's dog. Um, but uh, you, you, you actually pursued some education. What, what, what did you do? Well, Kev, Kevin and I both, we went, I, he, of course, is at it. already an expert. But we... Um, I just drink a lot. We took uh, the uh, uh, Stave and Thieves um, course uh, out in Louisville um, for executive bourbon stewards. You can get your bourbon steward, or then you can get executive bourbon steward. The executive bourbon steward entails you have to pass taste tests, so you got to be able to tell the difference between tails and heads. You actually distill. You, how many flavors were there? Sixty-four flavors you had to identify. Um, there, it, it was. It's intensive, and then it's an open book written test and the fun fun story about that is kevin and i happen to be a little bit competitive we play chess just about before every meeting we we, we are a little bit competitive you've you've played oh the game gosh. with our business cards yes you know. these guys are like young brothers going at each other all the time who's better who's better so Except we're getting so, older so we older. took we took our books uh, this open book test put them under our chair and just looked at each other i put mine under he put his under and we're like yeah, we're not using books. Yeah, and so we took the test. What's, first. The, what's the fun of an open book test? I don't get it. Yeah, right. I don't know. I don't know. But so we put them under our desk, and of course, because we're not looking stuff up, we're the first two finished by an hour. Right. Um, and I got a ninety-six, and he got a hundred, and I still don't believe I missed anything. So I don't. I, and they don't let you see the test. And you exactly misspell your own name. <laughs> yeah, some points marked yeah. off for that. Yeah. So we had a good time, and Louisville's great, and uh, we got to see Bernie Lubbers, and we're out there, who who I know shows up on your podcast, yeah. and and and. Drops a line in about Heaven Hill on your podcast. Yeah, he's man. a he's a good friend and a what a what a great ambassador for whiskey all over uh, the world. Just a generally great character. Love that guy. Can I add a humble brag to that uh, uh, that executive bourbon steward story? Well, I already said you got a hundred and I got no, ninety six. But, but the the blind taste testing was, was, oh. was the real test. And I would say, so you have to identify heads, hearts, and tails, which I I think is pretty easy, pretty straightforward. Um, and we both, of course, got that most. A lot of people did. Not everybody got it. But at the end of the, the course, and it was more of an educational test. It was, here are three whiskeys, three or four. I think it was three. Um, taste them. Come up with a flight. Decide why you would serve this as a flight and identify them. And, and proof them. Our team, well, actually, they, I don't think they asked us to proof it, but our, our team, Drew and I, and uh, we're, it was you know teams at this point, but... Our team, I, I called every single one out, uh, and I didn't get the brands right. We got the proofs right. Our team got the proofs exactly right. And I, that's where I started. I was just like, man, this one's probably 80 proofs, so it's probably Jim Bean is what I called. And, and it was actually, I think, Penny Packer, which is a brand I never had before. Right. And then the next one I thought was... 86 proof, and then the next one was like 92. 92 proof, and, and all the all. proofs were right. Brands were wrong, but the <laughs> proofs were right. We, we, we got the proofs right. I mean, that that's a, a talent, you know, uh, identifying proof in the glass. That's amazing. I think it helps you identify the, the brand. It's sure. one of these, you know, like, well, if it's the about marker. 86 proof, it could be Evan Williams. It could be, you know, right. and you, you extrapolate from there. But um, it was, yeah, well-intentioned to get the brands right on the right track. But we, we at least got the, the proofs right, which uh, they did say never happened before. Yeah, they said that never happened. 
And in our competitive nature, if he walks in the bar and I've got a whiskey, I just pass it over and just look at him. You know, tell me what I'm drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and I will say, once a blue moon, I can look up on the shelf and see the bottle that's missing right. and <laughs> tell him what it is. <laughs> um, well, let's talk. Speaking of whiskey, uh, we have some on the table here. Uh, talk to me about what we're drinking right now. This is an Elijah Craig, uh, 12 year old. It was we picked this uh, primarily because it's different. We all uh, went through some tastings of different barrels, and there was some that were probably better as far as um, proper distinction of what a whiskey should be with it, with its with its um, spice and high notes and everything. This one is just it's covered with vanilla. It's it's delicious. Yeah, and it was just different enough that well. Let's have something that's different up in the barrel. Uh, and what do you mean when you say up in the barrel? So you got a program here that's pretty unique. I think it's very unique. Um, we have we pick a barrel and we do this here in Greensboro. And we will be doing that in Durham, where we have a barrel that we buy the entire barrel and put the whiskey back in it. And so it's in the barrel that it sat in for 12 years. Okay, let me just explain we, this for the listener. Yes, please. So uh, it's pretty common for bars to go and pick a barrel from a, a particular distillery and have that be their entire barrel. And then the distillery will bottle that barrel, and you get every single bottle that was in that exact same barrel. You're getting that. They're delivering, the it, to you. They're delivering it to you in bottles. Yes. And yes. then you're also purchasing the barrel itself. The actual barrel that all those bottles you're were You're parking that. I'm going to have a photo on the Speakeasy Podcast uh, Instagram. Check it out. Uh, you put the barrel on the back bar, and you stand there and literally pour all the bottles back into the barrel. Yes. And then you have a, a, a tap on the outside, and you, yes. you pour, we pour it directly out of the barrel. Little copper tap. Because of state and federal laws, they can't send you the barrel with all the whiskey Correct. in it. So we pour, we get all the bottles, we get the actual barrel that all those bottles were in, we pour all the bottles back in that barrel, and we pour it directly out of the, the barrel. The great thing about it, which I, and I didn't realize this until three years ago when we first opened, that whiskey changes in that barrel, it changes fast. Yeah. If you try it today, which we're, we are, um, right and then come back in two weeks and try it again, it will be different. Yeah. Try it in a week, you'll probably notice something. In two weeks, it's different. The first barrel we had was... Elijah Craig barrel proof. Yeah. We usually don't do barrel proofs. We, we want something that's uh, more approachable. More approachable and, and uh, you know, we, I mean, we, it's a lot of whiskey. We want to sell it and we want people to want to drink it. Barrel proof, delicious. Love Elijah Craig barrel proof. But I can only drink tops, tops, seven or eight or nine of them. Okay. Yes. <laughs> but um, topping out. But so the, the first time we had it, we had a couple bottles. We always leave a couple bottles in reserve just to give us gifts or compare, you know. And uh, I it love was that notion. it was seven weeks later. I tried it out of the bottle and out of the barrel, and I was like, "These are two different products." Yeah. And I remember um, our uh, our Heaven Hill friend, um, Mr. Shapiro. Oh yeah. He was here, and uh, uh, Max was here, right? Max, yeah, it was yeah. Max. It was Max, and I. I, I told him, I think it was Max, and it was somebody from Heaven Hill, but uh, Max was here with a bunch of Heaven Hill guys, and I remember telling him that story, and he was like, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I had no idea it changes that fast. Yeah. After seven uh, weeks, different I mean, product. I would, I would have to assume, especially at Barrel Proof, right? So it's, it's a solvent. Mm -hmm. It's in there, mm -hmm. you know, doing its thing to the inside of that barrel and getting into the juice. Yeah. We've and, had, what, Buffalo Trace? Old Forester was a great barrel, wasn't it? Yeah. And we have Elijah Craig again now. Elijah and, Craig um, now. What am I missing? There is something in between uh, there. Yeah, we've Elijah had. Craig, Barrel Proof. Uh, the next one was Buffalo Trace. 
then old Forester single barrel, and then this is this is our fourth barrel, and it's a Elijah Craig. I feel like there's a there's one. Well, well the greens, but we have a. Well, barrel how, how quickly oh, do you guys cut through a barrel? Well, I was thinking a little quicker than that, so I think I thought we were missing a barrel, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds it, like it depends. Sometimes we. Um, I mean, I really imagine highlight. The barrel, I imagine the barrel proof one went slower. Yes, I, well, and yeah, it will. Because as you said, you can only have seven or eight or nine of those. <laughs> That's whereas, right. There was this one; I could have eleven or ten. But there's a smaller quantity of a barrel proof one, right? Right. Um, so it depends on the barrel because the the amount of bottles varies between. What, about one hundred eighty. Between one hundred eighty and two hundred twenty-five sure. is you know, general. Uh, the barrel proof obviously a lot less, um, but also it depends on whether we. Um, really highlight and put it in a cocktail you know in greensboro we we put it in our our standard old-fashioned comes out of the barrel i love that so we flew Flew through through. uh the elijah craig one that we have in greensboro which isn't 12 years old i think we need to start ordering some barrels don't we yes we do do. especially greensboro yes and raleigh very soon um but yeah and and, uh, in greensboro we have an elijah craig barrel as well but it's not 12 years it's 11 years 10 years i forget yes we picked out two at the same time and how how uh i'm gonna pitch it over to ian how, how does the how does the guest receive this this service uh i mean that's like the first thing we usually suggest uh, if they've never been here before yeah that was like the first page of the, the menu is just like bam here's a big first barrel. page of the menu is and a southern teague book well just this week <laughs> just, this, just just for now um it's the first thing a guest sees when they walk in the door it's a big ass barrel on the back bar. I mean it's kind of hard to miss so it's a good conversation piece right they always think it's fake usually mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like no here is a little glass and then usually we can I mean we like to have them drink it neat first have a little taste and then obviously it makes a stellar old fashioned I mean you can go weird with it you know it's great with sometimes me and Jakey over here will do uh, equal parts for net and and, uh, and Elijah Craig and just gun it down it's, I mean yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no wrong answer. No, it's, but, it's all great. Yeah, but uh, I, you know, again, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask like, are the guests like, it's a wow factor, right? Very oh, they so. love it. And when we do a new barrel, we I mean, I've been to a lot of bars, party. and I know a lot of bars that buy barrel, and I know that they get them bottled, yeah. and it's yeah. even got their name on it. I've got a few of those bottles yep. from different bars yeah. that I've been to. Yeah, but I've never seen people put it back in the barrel, put the barrel on display, we, we and think tap the barrel. It, it is unique, unique, and it's it's um you know it I. It's our, it's our gimmick. I hate to use that word, but it's our gimmick. It's it's our trademark, or, or you know, it's um, it is a unique experience. And the great thing is, there are people that come in. You know, we have bourbon clubs, we have tons of regulars. They come in here, they try it today, and they try it again next week, and they try it again the week after that. And they there are people that come in here exclusively for that. And I just, you know, I, I think there's bars out there where I, I remember walking into bars where. Like, oh, we got a barrel. Come check it out. Come taste it. And I'd walk in, and they'd have the barrel sitting there. And I'd be like, well, what the hell is that doing there? What are you, why is it, it's just in the way at this it's point. Kind of taking up space. Let yeah. me they're taste not, they're not your, small. yeah, let me taste your whiskey out of the bottle. Yeah. And then the, I think this is, you know, no one else does this that I know of. Uh, so it's a new, unique experience, and every time you come here, Again, it's a unique experience. And then we're not finished with the barrel. So the barrel comes off the back. And the last time we did, um, uh, Appalachian Mountain Brewery put their cream donut stout in it, and it was delicious. And those barrel, we have a barrel sitting there waiting for Wicked Weed to pick up, and they're supposed to put a sour in it. Um, And I want to take the barrel that's up there right now and work with our, um, what's our Raleigh Bitters? Cure? Crude. 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 See if we can do a uh, barrel-aged bitters. 
Oh yeah, outstanding! What a great idea because the that's you know that's just another local business that that you can uh, you know high tide raises all boats like you can collaborate with and make something cool. Yeah, if he has, if he has bidders in a twelve year old you know an aged aged Elijah Craig barrel, I think that would be you know that could end up with a really delicious and, and marketable product. Yeah. Yes, Craig from Crude Bitters is psyched about that idea. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that he wouldn't be. Um, actually, he's coming up uh, to. New York, and we're going to talk about doing something uh, on the bar to Mori Margo. Great. Um, nice. Got to chat with him just a little bit yesterday here at, during the book signing. Um, talk a little bit more about the program here. What goes on behind the bar uh, for the menu? What, what, you know, I, you know, I live in a bubble that's a, that's a humongous market, so what, yes. goes on in, what goes on in this market? What are you people know, attracted to? What are people afraid of? Uh, you know, I, I imagine it's similar to what you run into and i'll tell you where it started and then ian can tell you where it's at um because you know ian came on board about a year and a half ago is that right almost two Two years ago ago. okay i'll tell you about year one batman year one kevin barrett story um kevin barrett story (laughs) (laughs) no way i have around children uh you know we opened here and i i i was trying to it was a it was a struggle between trying to bring out all the big guns and show off everything that I wanted to do and could do, but also making things approachable and crowd pleasing. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that's a constant struggle. And I think we should mention the program. We do four menus. We do it, you know, a seasonal menu: spring, summer, winter, fall. So we do four uh, unique menus with what about ten drinks? Yeah, ten. Ten Custom cocktails. drinks, yeah. so it's a, ten of our drinks, yeah. and then of and then course we have the, we the have classic uh, uh, list is off to the side of that. So you know, because obviously we make the classics. But go, go ahead. I just I thought you know we have the four menus. Each. Yeah, and everything's, you know, it's a whiskey bar, I guess, neighborhood bar, whiskey bar. It's whiskey focused. The classics aren't there. The classics are there to to let everyone know, like, hey, these are the drinks we we can make. And then we keep cycling through those, let them know, like, all these classics, our bartenders, they all know how to make all of the classics. Here's what we're showing off for spring. Here's what we're showing off for summer. This is our interpretation of spring flavors, summer flavors. And I think, um, you know, when we first opened, I, I, again, I, I, it was a struggle between, like, man, I want to show off here, but I also want everything to be approachable. We... You know, I was, this is my first real bar, and I, I was uh, incredibly nervous when we were opening. I had not worked in six months, besides working on this place, you know, staining floors and hanging lights and painting. He, he literally shit. painted the lines in the parking lot in 90-degree <laughs> weather. <laughs> in July, in North Carolina, it's, what's, what's worse, heat stroke or heat exhaustion? Yeah, one of them. Okay, I had the worst one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did whatever it took. I did all kinds of things that I wasn't qualified to do here. And then I bartended. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think as much as we're a whiskey bar and, um, you know, we don't really have any rules, any limitations here. If you come in and you order a Coors Banquet or a vodka soda or a vintage whiskey that costs $100 an ounce... You're treated the same. It's all about just coming in here and, and the guest, if we have it, the guest gets what they want. And, you know, it's all about service. I think, you know, you know that. We all know that. I think the most important component was always uh, who worked here. And I would say we've evolved and uh, gotten really, really good in the last 
years. So I think, um, and they, these are the guys that are. I mean, now it's obvious that you've gotten good, right? You, you just listed off some accolades that you've been given from uh, from you know the the city or, or whoever gives yeah. you those things. I don't know. Yeah. Um, local local magazines. Yeah, and, local yeah. press and whatnot. You know, and you got you got me here. I came down here to see you. Like uh, you know, you're doing something right. I think we're doing a lot right, and I think. Um, and there's always room for improvement. We're doing a lot right. Yeah. We're, we're the next bar is better. We. Uh, little things like in this this one we don't have a, a, a red wine chiller so we're we're guilty of one of those those pet peeves where you have you know the wine is room temperature the new bar we have uh, a wine chiller the new one here in Raleigh when we we move going to have a wine chiller we're, we're we're constantly improving things and our guys are just getting better and better and 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 putting more into the cocktail so I think. You know, yeah, we're doing a lot of things right, but you know, there's it's that it's that journey, you know, trying to trying to constantly improve yeah. and tweak and and make things better. And I would say, you know, a, a, a big part of our um, transition into really hitting our stride, I for I don't know, ten years, I came up with menus every two or three months, and. Man, I'm telling you, every time, every time I come up with a menu, I'm like, I lost it. I don't have it anymore. I can't do it anymore. And then you, it's the same thing when I write. Um, I think like, oh, man, I've lost no more mojo. Can't do it. No more ideas. And then you come up with something. When we first opened here, I came up with the menus exclusively. When Ian came on board, it was finally like, dude, I got somebody that speaks my language. Collaborator. And we could, it would take seconds to communicate an idea that it would take 30 minutes with someone else and then I, I would say now in Raleigh Ian's the primary focus on the cocktails it's got his signature on it uh, and of course I want to give Jake a little bit of credit for that too well, but I mean, me and Jake just sit down and get drunk four times a year and everybody's got that's how method. I used to do it but I was alone yeah, everybody's got their method yeah um, so you got this space that's about to move, yes, because of you know forward progress, progress and construction, yes. etc. Sadly, but fortunately, I don't exactly. know. Exactly, it's bittersweet, I'm sure, to yeah. to lose the original location. Um, we'll uh, be better off. But you're moving, not even a block away. I got to yeah. tour the space. I got to see how where the walk-in's not going to fit. <laughs> <laughs> I think Thanks I even, for bringing that back. I up. think I even said that in there. I was like, this doesn't look like enough room for a walk-in to me. <laughs> well, you know, where I'm, were you a month ago? Yeah. Um, so you're gonna move in. But you're opening soon in uh, in Durham, mm-hmm. so you'll have one in Raleigh, Greensboro, and Durham. Yes. Um, and then, what's the future plan? Gonna, well, we got this lead on a spot in Cleveland. We're going to talk about ah, Cleveland. Cleveland rocks. I'm not kidding. Cleveland rocks. Um, I, I, you know, I'd love to go up there and, and crack open one of these. And I think it's a great model. I would. We would love to do it. Uh, and then we have a super secret project that we're not quite ready to. Uh, Announce. I guess we could say that we're we're. You can whisper, whisper some coming stuff. Coming out with a liquor brand. We have yeah. we have what we believe is going to be a market dominating liquor. I know, that's crowd pleaser. Word. Crowd sure. pleaser. You heard it crowd here first. pleaser. Yeah, a crowd pleaser. Um, hint: out. It's not a whiskey. I was yeah. See, that's that's a good hint because well, that's, that's, what, that's what everyone would think. That's, that's what, what people everyone would think, think. Absolutely. Uh, I will say we might that do that I, one day. I tasted it, um, and it is. I'm, uh, I signed a non-disclosure, so I can't tell you what it was, but I can tell you that it was delicious. And uh, I think those bold words of it being a crowd pleaser and a, a dominator of a category are pretty factual. So it's pretty exciting. Can you can you give us a hint as to the timeline? We are launching in five states 
in the next three months, mm -hmm. and then um, we will come to New York and see you and, and maybe make a big announcement on the Speakeasy podcast. Yeah, rad. Come, come get on a live episode. Um, and, uh, you know, when you come to New York, uh, we can always uh, do a launch party uh, when, when the product comes to New York. We'd love to. We can do yep. a launch party at one of the bars. Uh, mm -hmm. We would love to. Whichever one you think it might fit and, in best. It, you can't imagine how much we appreciate your support. Oh, man. Uh, you've definitely got it. Uh, I'm, I'm always about supporting uh, uh, the industry and people who are, are, you know, doing things and trying to trying to improve and do things better. Um, uh, so that's super, super fucking exciting. Um, what will that mean for your bars does that mean you're going to focus more on that project and, and move forward with that or do you plan to open more drama drafts I, I certainly other am. than the cleveland location kevin kevin you know is is, <laughs> that is we're definitely operations i'm certainly full-time focused on and they and I'm, I'm sure ian and kevin and all them would would like me not <laughs> would like me focus full-time on on something else we would miss uh, you so much yeah i know so so i'm full-time on that kevin is is um the cfo he's chief flavor officer uh he developed it um uh it, it's it's uh that's all i'm going to say about that yeah. um but so no i'm full-time on that we're going to move forward with dram dram is not going anywhere uh dram is is uh, it sounds cliche to say we're an institution because you can't really be an institution in three years, but we're kind of like we're an, an institution, institution for some people. Yeah, for yeah, sure. yeah. you're forging a cornerstone in, in the, in the yeah. neighborhood bar market. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So I, I, I think I think it would be a tragedy for us to lose focus and and let these slip away or anything. So I no, these are these are our heart is here. Yeah, um, I, I can't imagine a day without Tram and Draft. That's what I'm in saying. my life. Yeah, you know that's it. It is my baby, and I, I um, yeah. It I, shows. I, I, it shows you guys are super proud of this place. Your team seems super proud and interested in what they're doing. The guests that I saw were all having a great time. You know, you got this. Uh, you know, to describe the space just a little bit, it's a former garage, so it's got these big garage doors that open. Uh, you know, bay doors that open out to a patio. It's people are hanging around drinking whiskey from a barrel and sitting in the sunshine in North Carolina. It's, it's yeah. you know it's delightful. Um, and it, it shows that you guys care about it and love it and have cultivated a, a situation where people can come and care about it and love it with you. Yeah, we do love it. Yeah. Um, well, man, uh, that's some super exciting news. I, I really, I, I would love to be the one to uh, break the news, uh, you know, uh, in, in New York anyway, if you guys, when you guys get ready to come up there and launch in, in New York State. Um, let's have a launch party at one of my bars. Um, the juice is delicious. Um, your bars are outstanding. I've, uh, I can't wait for tonight. We're going to go to the Greensboro location. I'm going to sign a few books um, uh, and, and keep on having a great time here in beautiful North Carolina where, you know, I mentioned to you guys off the air. I used to live here a long, long, long time ago. Why did you ever leave? You know, it's, it's, we talked about it already, right? It's two things. That's right. It's, either, it's either love or money. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it's the love of money. What, what does New York have that, that Raleigh doesn't? I can't imagine. <laughs> About eight million hey, people. It may have been a while since you've been to New York. <laughs> I, I love New York, but uh, North Carolina is my adopted home. The, the weather suits my clothes here. So. The weather I, suits I, my clothes. Man, it's nine months out of the year. It's just perfect weather. I, I can't, I got no complaints. Love it down here. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Uh, I do miss it. You know, I, Beautiful uh, mountains, you, beautiful beaches. We talked about how we, yeah, that's, that's another thing. NC.com. Yes, <laughs> you've got it all. Um, you know, we talked about what a great meal we had last night um, and even the night before. Um, uh, you know, the food here is incredible. When I lived here, I was a chef, you know, cooking mm -hmm. in kitchens. And, and I, I always say, of all the places I lived, which is many, 
um, the best raw materials were when I lived in North Carolina, the best seafood, the best agriculture, the best right. pork right. by far. Yeah. I, I jokingly say to friends all the time, I, I don't think I've eaten pork since I lived in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Right, and even last night, that pork chop that came out to us was gorgeous. Yes, it was. Yeah. So what a great time I've been having down here. Thanks so much, guys, for being on the air with me. Um, uh, you know, uh, welcome you back anytime, especially when the product comes out so we can, we can actually talk about it. Um, it's really hard to sit here and not talk about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've had such a great time. Thanks for hosting me down here, and, and I really appreciate you being on the speakeasy. So it's been our you pleasure guys. for having us. Cheers. Cheers, yeah, cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock. Want more of the speakeasy? Follow us and ask questions on Instagram at Speakeasy Podcast or on Twitter at Speakeasy Radio. You can find Damon at Damon Bolte, and you can find me at Creative Drunk on all platforms. Take a moment to write us a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite platform and give us a star rating, five if possible. If you're visiting New York City or a resident, stop by the studio and hang out with us during an episode. Reach out beforehand and make sure we'll be here. We'd love to see you. And please support our show by visiting HeritageRadioNetwork.org and clicking on the beating heart to donate. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.